Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Oh, top of the morning to you, laddie. The Steelers received the marketing rights for the island of Ireland. Easy for me to say. The Isle of Ireland. Here's what President Art Rooney. The Banshees of I didn't. I hated that movie. I love that movie. Podrick. I want to hear what Art Rooney II had to say about this move. This is the statement that he released today. We are excited to have been granted the rights to engage more deeply with our fans in Ireland. My family has deep roots throughout Ireland, and being able to connect with our fans across the island is something special to our organization. My father did so much in Ireland during his lifetime, first as one of the founders of the Ireland Funds, then, of course, as we all know, as an ambassador. ambassador, We look forward to growing our fan base and the love of American football in the years to come. Mm. This happened around the league. There, there was a lot of, you know, in Europe, in Mexico, in Canada, there were different teams that were granted marketing rights to that region. League's trying to grow the sport. Of course. And you really couldn't find a better fit than Pittsburgh and Ireland. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the statement, you know, Dan I mean, was an ambassador to Ireland. The Art's logo is, exactly, is, is the clover. It's a clovel, clover. clover. I mean, it is... Two peas in a pod, really, when it comes to the Steelers in Ireland. So I'm excited to see. You Sorry, know what... it, was, it was Dan who had the clothes. Yes, Dan, yeah, DMR. Right. Yeah. I, did you say art? I said art. Okay. I, I missed it too. So look at that. It went right over both of our heads. But yeah, uh, like I said, couldn't think of a better marriage between a team <laughs> and a uh, country. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see what this happens. We I just saw on Twitter there's a new Twitter account, Pittsburgh. I Ireland. saw the. Do you see yeah. the logo too? <laughs> yep. They like took like the the black or the blue, red, and yellow and made it into a clover. Look, the NFL is going to have a team in a different country sooner rather than later. Um, I'm not saying it's Ireland is going to be the one. It's going to be somewhere. It's going to be London. It's going to be Mexico. I, I think those are the two big front runners for you. Canada, you don't think Canada, maybe Toronto, maybe they have the CFL. I mean, they have yeah, their league they have up their there. League. Um, I, I I think Mexico City is a really popular one. They they're crazy about football down there for real. Mm-hmm. And and London makes a lot of sense as well. Um, I I think that the thing with London has always been just the logistics with travel. Right. Like how do you figure, how do you have a team out there? If it was if they could figure that out. I mean, Jacksonville plays half its home games out there anyway. They have two home games out there this year. But if they can figure that part out of it, like I bet there would have been a team in London yesterday. Like they want it badly. It's they're just on, like, they're what, on what's their the way. flight? It's like a ten-hour flight that you got to make. Like no, it's worse no, than it's that. like, like six, seven. Oh well, what the hell? It's then? not even that I mean, bad. Take a it's nap. Just a time if you're Russell Wilson, you do squats and calisthenics up the aisle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a seven, eight-hour plane ride. It's really not that bad. From the East Coast is what you're saying. Oh, okay. Like, well, what yeah. If you're the same, what if you're the LA Chargers and you got to face the London Knights? You know what I mean? Then it might get a little tricky. But th- my point being. I love the global reach that the league is trying to undertake. 
really excited to see how the Steelers translate with that in Ireland. And like I said, my prediction, sooner rather than later, you're going to see a team that originates from a different country than America playing in the NFL. That seems like the track that the NFL is determined to go down is to expand this thing to a global reach. And when you think about it, the NFL and football as a sport is so young compared to oh every other God, sport. Yeah. Soccer and baseball mm-hmm. and even hockey. I mean, they've been playing those forever. I mean, the NFL has been around for... Even just football. Like, even right. before the NFL. Like, it, it just... Like, the 20s. And they were playing leather helmets and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it, it is very much in its infancy as far as a growing sport is concerned. And I think that's why... Every other sport, you see a nice little international pool. Not in the NFL, though. Not in football. Right. They need to grow that a little bit, and that's what they're they're attempting, and they have been successfully. I mean, the sport, no, no doubt, has more of a global reach yeah, I mean, today than it did 30 I mean, years ago. Baseball has its roots all over the all over, all the, over the planet. Basketball has done a great job of becoming a good point. the most marketable American sport in international countries. Especially with all the players in the NBA now coming in. From other countries, right? The best, like, uh, the number one overall pick for the NBA this year is going to be Victor Wembanyama, who came from France or is coming from France. Coming from France, Jokic, uh, Embiid from Cameroon. I mean, the list goes on and on. Luca. I mean, there's an influx of these type of players. There has been for a while, but now Giannis. I mean, they're getting to the mm-hmm. point now where they're the best player. We just named the three best players in the league: Giannis, yeah. Embiid, and Jokic, and I mean, possibly the next up and coming one in Wembanyama. Yeah, and Luca ain't far behind. Either. Oh, like, absolutely, great point. It is an influx of these players, and and you you look at you that. Wonder if the NFL is going to be able to pull from that crop as well, and they have a little bit. You know, the rugby players have come over now, and you saw that the Steelers had a a. a I forget what the program was called, but it was like a foreign exchange student program almost, where they had a guy be able to practice with them, right, and play on right. the practice squad from a rugby team. Uh, in Europe, so they're gonna definitely try to find talent. Like, look, you can't tell me that everybody who's great at football was born in America. Like, there is no. someone out there that can throw uh, in absolutely. a tight spiral. Absolutely, who's from the UK or something like and, that. And and like you mentioned, Tom, it's still a young league, a young sport compared to the soccer's and the baseballs of the world. No question. So give it. I mean, yeah, it's been the NFL has been in existence now for a little over a hundred years, but. As we continue down this path of a growing league, you will see more international countries with with their their new generations becoming more and more invested in the sport of American football and wanting to train for American football. Yes, and then with America, you know, or with the NFL, you know, really extending its reach internationally with these marketing plans and with you know connecting teams to certain countries, it's only going to accelerate and help. Uh, that growth goes. So keeping an eye on things in Pittsburgh, Ireland, and what things will do there. It's Pittsburgh, very Ireland. exciting stuff. Closer to home, though, the team right now has got OTAs going mm-hmm. on. And some things that I'm interested in in these OTAs, I mean, obviously, right at the top of the list, I think you still put the rookies just because, uh, again, it's not training camp yet. Pads aren't about to go on. But it is a little bit more football-esque than it was during rookie minicamp. Right. And also, you see some vets start to trickle in as well during OTAs. So it's not just your seven picks in the draft with a bunch of other guys. And then invited. a bunch of invited people like who aren't going to make the team. You'll see Jones now go up against Highsmith and Watt if he decides to come. Mm-hmm. Like, 
now the dudes are going to start to show up and and you can really start to take your first steps as a team towards winning games in 2023. Right. So I don't want to like overvalue the importance of OTAs, but it without question to me is a good, you know, spot to pinpoint where bleep kind of starts to get real. Well, let's just say this, Tom. We t- we make this joke all the time. The NFL is a 365-day season. It's been a little over three months, just about three months, since the NFL season finished. Yep. And here we are in May, and teams are already getting majority of their players together to start practicing. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm excited to see what the rookies do when they're introduced to the full scope of the team, to the guy the, when the real mem- – I don't want to call mm-hmm. them non-real members because they're rookies, but you know what I mean. Like the established Pittsburgh Steelers start to show up and introduce themselves. So – Keeping an eye on the rookies for sure and seeing how they kind of break in. And then also, you know, it's too early to glean anything from this stuff. But I'm very interested to see what our brethren out there, the Kabalis, the Lollies, the Williamsons of the world, report on what the goings-ons of first-team offensive line. Is Roger Jones out Can there? Can I get a spot? Yeah, right. Is Dan Moore still <clears throat> out there? Do they rotate? Like, again, if Dan Moore's out there, or if Roger Jones is out there with the first team, it's OTAs, it's May. It can't you, you be can't, read too much into. Right, but it certainly would be an interesting talking point, wouldn't it, while we sit here in May? And, and I, Absolutely. I, and, and, I, I, and I can't imagine, Tom, that at some point in these next few weeks for OTAs, that that won't happen, that you won't see Roderick Jones out there with the first teamers. I just, you know, I'm going to bang this table <laughs> until training camp. Like, I just... Think this guy needs to start. It and would be just with the first team, and as much as people will say, "Well, it's OTAs, it's May, it doesn't matter as much." Okay, I want him with first teams throughout this. I want him with first teams throughout mini camp, mandatory mini camp. I, I want him with the first teams throughout all of training camp. Give this guy as much runway as you possibly can. If he can get comfortable, if he has from May. Until September 10th for the first game of the year, whatever the day is, that's a pretty decent amount of time for him to get familiar with the guys next to him on that line. Because right now, you're not necessarily, you know, bringing him up to speed as far as stopping pass rush, run blocking, because you're not going 100%, you don't have pads mm-hmm. on. But he can get familiar with Siamali right now. He can get familiar with Mason Cole at center. He can get familiar with certain, you know, schemes and and pools and different twists and things that they want to do on the offensive line. He he can start to get a little bit of comfortability with that unit right now. And that's why I jump. That's why I throw him in there right away. So by the time it's training camp at St. Vincent, he's looking at Big Ike and he's going, hey, brother, we've been doing this for the past four weeks together. I, I know what you're doing already. Wouldn't you say, Tom? Given last year, uh, the decision by the coaching staff to kind of limit Kenny's for er, first team exposure throughout Latro- the Latrobe experience, don't you think they could look at themselves in the air and say, "Yeah, we were maybe kind of holding ourselves back there, limiting you know Kenny's ab- ability to come in whenever we needed him to in the in the regular season." I think after the season was over, you found out that, yeah, Kenny's the type of guy that he was ready. And he would have been, if he had those reps, he would have been fine week one. There was no needing to ease him in as much as they did. 
But, but it doesn't mean you don't know that until the end of the that. season, first of all. And I do handle my quarterback with kids' gloves. I mean, I, I that is such a But still, commodity. you can learn from that and say, hey, maybe we're better. Even if we don't want to start Broderick week one, don't you think it's smart to at least say, okay, if we don't want to start him. We expect him to be good enough as a first-round pick to be starting at some point. Give him that exposure with the first-teamers. Well, here's the other thing, too, about oh, that okay. example that you just okay. brought up. I love Kenny. He's the guy. I, I'm excited to see what he does this coming season with the Steelers. Take that next step forward. Uh, they pick him in the first round, so they obviously were high on him. He, as a quarterback, is not the type of prospect that Jones is as a left tackle. This dude is multiple-time first-team All-SEC. Right. Never gave up a sack so, last exactly. year. So why not get There it? was a thought with Kenny that Mitch might be better than Kenny. You know what I mean? Not a thought. There was people believe a it. general people. consensus because Kenny remained behind Mitch on the depth chart all throughout training camp and through the first three weeks of the season. But I buy that. If you came to me last year and you were like, yeah, Mitch is better than Kenny right now. I'm like, right now, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah sense. the start. That makes sense. But in what There's world no could way you-, you come to me and tell me Dan Moore is better than Broderick Jones right, right now. Right. And this is not a slight on Dan Moore, who I think can be a really good swing tackle, really good sixth man. And I salute him for stepping into that role the past couple of seasons and playing that left tackle spot. And doing a decent enough job. Probably overwhelmed, you know, as a fourth-round pick to be thrown out there like that. But there's just no way that if my life was on the line and someone needed to stop Miles Garrett from tackling me and getting my head blown off. I'm going Broderick Jones. I'm taking Jones over Almost 100 times out of 100 compared to Dan Moore. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest difference with it. Like, yeah, with Kenny, it's a quarterback. There's a lot more riding on it, so you want to make sure you handle him delicately. But also, you had a guy there that, you know, not only was serviceable in the time being, but you thought was probably better in the time being. That's not the case with Dan Moore and, and Broderick Jones. So, again, I just I don't see any real reason to handle him slowly. I, I know it's their MO, and maybe that's the only reason why. But I, I bring this guy along. Not, you know, fast, and you don't want to over... You don't want to bring him along too fast to where it hurts his development. But I don't think I, I don't think too fast is in his vocabulary, ready, right? Dude, I think this guy's ready. And this is nothing but speculation. We've seen him shuffle his feet a couple times at rookie minicamp. But watch Georgia, man. Like this dude's he's ready not, to be. He's an NFL not going player. up against scrubs no, while he, playing for Georgia. There were three tackles in this draft class that I think you looked at and people for it. That you looked at and people were like, yeah, these dudes could be dudes. You got Darnell Wright from Tennessee. You had Paris Johnson out of Ohio State. And you had Skaronsky out of Northwestern. And then him. He was the last mm-hmm. one. And the Steelers made the move to trade up to get the last one that was available. There's just no way that you can realistically talk yourself into he doesn't give your line a better chance of succeeding than Dan Moore does from the get-go. He, he's already better. I, I cannot agree more to with you, uh, but I'd also like to point out, Tom, like we're talking about the guys he was going up against uh, in the SEC as his opponents, but look at his everyday, day-to-day practice. Best defense in the in the history of college football for the past two years, he would go up against in practice. Every he was day. going up. He was going up against the best, the best guys. So yeah, he wasn't having to play against. Saturdays them. were days. Max Stark said that during the draft. Saturdays were day off for him. Right. He was like, "Oh, this is easy game day." <clears throat> Please give me old Miss's pass rush mm-hmm. compared to and Kobe Dean and mm-hmm. and uh, Jalen Carter who I've had right. to deal with in practice right, 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 all the right. time. Like it was a walk. Jordan Davis from Jordan the year Davis before and Jalen Carter at the right. same time. Like 
is a walk in the park for the dude. And by the way, he kind of gets that in the NFL too. That kind of I mean, yeah, I mean, what CJ defensive Watt. lines in the NFL, granted they're professional players, are really as truly talented as the Georgia defensive line that he played up or he practiced against for the last two years. And, and I'm saying as far as the NFL, like Steelers defensive front is one of the tops in the league as well. And you're right, it's the NFL. So in practice, you're going up against guys getting paid a lot of money to do this. But against Watt and Hayward and Highsmith, it's going to make things a little it's easier like, on Sundays. You, Max could say the same thing on, a, on on week one of the season. He could say Sundays are going to be a day off day for him. Off. Well, maybe not week one with Bosa. Oh, that's true. But that's a great for point. the majority of teams, they don't have a TJ right. Watt or an Alex Highsmith. Like Bosa and Miles Garrett. And Max Crosby. Circle so those maybe like three. The first three games, you've got like right, similar Right, because he's plays. got big tech. Because isn't that weeks one through three, yeah. back to back to back? But other than that, like. You got, you got. There's not many other you got names. got Garrett one more time. There's not many other names you can throw into that class that he'll see or really just in the NFL in general. Mm-hmm. So get Jones some reps. Looking forward to that. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have know to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also got to be looking forward to number eight, right? Uh, seeing this guy's... Back in action. We've seen... The growth physically, just because you've seen him out and about in public. I mean, I was at the Pirate game last Friday. He was hanging out at the Pirate game. Oh, really? Bigger dude, you know? He, he definitely sure, yeah, has put yeah, on yeah. a lot of mass. I'm excited to see how he carries that. But I'm also excited to just see how he operates with that extra year of confidence under his belt, you know? Like, I think he's always kind of had that franchise quarterback mindset. I mean, he was a star at Pitt, Heisman Trophy finalist. First round pick, first quarterback taken in his draft class in 2022. He he knows he's a guy, but there's definitely some human nature of like I'm coming into this organization. There's Watts, there's Haywards. Like, how do I lead? Right? Like, how do I really take the reins when there's just Stevens Player of the Year is right next to me? Mm-hmm. Like, how's he? Why is he going to listen to a 24 year old kid? I think that as the season goes on, you get more confidence as a rookie. And now I think he goes into that facility today, last week, whenever he did to start these OTAs. And he's like, this is my kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. this is my place. Not in an arrogant way. Not in like a right. I run no, this he's place, a, but like I, a, I need, they need me to be the guy. I need to tell right. Najee something that may be a little harsh, constructive criticism, some tough love. I'm doing it. And he's going to respect me at this point. He earned the respect based on his play down the stretch last year. 
And I'm excited to see how that play and that building of confidence translates into how he carries himself as the quarterback for the team. He will take a step into a leadership role this year, whether he wants to or not. I'm interested to see if he's ready to take that on. I think he is. I think he's going to be a phenomenal leader. And he also just seems like the kind of guy that the dudes like. You know what I mean? Like he's, he seems oh, to fit in backwards well, hat. Like well, you know what also helps too is that he's Ben Roethlisberger for the second half of his career was the leader because he was the quarterback and he was the Super Bowl winning guy. But in that second half, Tom, he was by far and away the oldest member of that offense. Everyone else was younger coming in. You know, they would get a, a couple of. Offensive weapons through the draft every year or so. The offensive line. I mean, Pouncey was significantly younger than him. DeCastro was significantly younger than him. Now, I, really the only one that stood next to him in terms of age was, he, was Heath Miller. And Heath retired way back in 2016. So what, Ben played the last five, six seasons without Heath Miller? Something like that, yeah. Kenny is now part of that incoming new generation of Steelers. So it does not shock me at all. To, to see, not just hear about it and maybe think, oh, is that, is that true or not? The reports, you can see it. Kenny gets along with his, his teammates because he's, he's part of that new generation. He's going to be one of the new faces of the league, if maybe not the league, but at least one of the new faces of this franchise for sure. One last thing I'm keeping an eye on in OTA as well. I'm keeping an eye on a lot, a lot. of things, but one last thing that's on the front of my Grabs mind. Grabs your attention. What's going to happen in the secondary? How are they going to yeah. spell those things out? What I mean, Pat Pete, obviously. Where's Peasy's kid line up? You know, where is Levi lining up? Again, just similar to what we've talked about with Broderick Jones. You know, it's not like you go out there and you see Pat Pete playing nickel when they're doing some walkthrough stuff, and you go, well, there it is. It's going to be Peasy Jr. and, and uh, Levi on the outside with Pat Pete in the nickel slot. I, I think they might try that in minicamp or in OTAs right now. But again, you can't read too much into it. I just think the Steelers have such an advantage for all three. For Pat Pete, for uh, Joey Porter Jr., and for Levi Wallace. Given that, given the receivers they have to go up against. Because they're all different. And I'm, I'm going to group in one more guy that's not a receiver into this, into this example. Deontay for his quickness on the line, right? Pickens for his catching ability down the field. And then up front, just why not put Darnell Washington out there as that kind of enforcer tight end and who can make good catches. And we've seen him be physical at, while he was at Georgia. You can put all three of those guys and all, all three corners on all three of those receiving options, and they're tested in different ways because of that. Well, OTAs are going on. They start today. We're recording this on Tuesday. It's for the next three weeks, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Dale and Matt are live on the scene from 11 to 1 o'clock. So if you want to tune in on SNR on those days, yeah. on those days you can uh, give them a listen. And they'll obviously be playing that back throughout the loop as well. But exciting times for Steelers Nation as some action is actually taking place down in the South Side. Uh, organized team activities are underway. You can... Now subscribe to our show, The Steelers Standard. Every episode that we do is available for you to download. Please just subscribe today through the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you find your podcast. Pro Football Focus. Mm. Rank the divisions one through eight. Don't be surprised who ends up at the top. We'll talk about that in the next the episode. Top. 
He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Offerman. This is the Steeler Standard. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.